I've taken to this club amazingly, like the way the fans have been with me from day one between Hull and Derby. Those two have to stand out as the, the two that I, I would say I have a close affiliation with. I really struggle to watch football. I'm always analysing and I'll be telling Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi what they should have done and find it so hard to switch off. I really enjoy the media side of it. I like opinion-based, I guess, the debate. That was one I used to like. You can bring subjects and try and make points. I was fortunate enough to work for Captain Marvel. For him to make me captain when I was 20 years old was what cemented it for me. My biggest thing is honesty. Hello and welcome to the official DCFC podcast powered by Utilita. We've been away for a while. It's very good to be back and to be joined for episode one of what I guess we're going to call season two uh, by one of the most committed, uh, most dedicated, most genuine people that you will find in football. He's played at the highest level. Uh, he's won promotions. He's picked up individual awards along the way as well. And he's now into his fourth season at Derby County. Welcome to the pod, Curtis Davis. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, a little bit bored at home. Um, obviously, been away from the lads for a while now, so jumping it a bit to get back, but I'm, I'm not too bad. And the main thing is um, I'm healthy. I'm not fit, but I am healthy. Yeah, how is how's the injury? How's the recovery going? I know it's a long road ahead. Yeah, I've, I've just got through basically, I say, the healing stage. Um, I had the operation uh, coming three weeks ago. Um, so I'm now at the stage where my stitches are out, the cast is off, I'm back in the um, the, the space boot, as I like to call it. Um, so it's just letting it heal a bit and, and starting to get back to some light exercises to get, um, I say mobility, to get a slight bit of movement and the, get the nerves and everything starting to connect up again. So um, it's a long, long process, but I'm, I'm happy that um, I'm starting to to get somewhere and I'm not in any pain. We always talk about the injuries in regards when you'll be back on the field. How, how does it affect day-to-day life? Day to day, it's it's difficult, you know, especially at the moment I'm at home. Um, you know, I've got a three-year-old who wants to do everything, wants to go play in the garden, wants to do this, build snowmen when it was snowing the other week. So in terms of that side of it, it it's hard, you know. I'm only able to now really help. And as I, before I came on the course, I said to you, I was doing um, lunch from, for myself and my daughter. I'm only kind of able to do that now based on the fact I've, I've got the boot now and, and I'm allowed to wait there. So that's what's allowing me to actually help my help my wife out, um, you know, help around the house a little bit with certain things, you know, to do with my daughter. Um, but you don't realise how useless you are uh, when, you, when you can't walk around, you know, even carrying things, you know. I can get around on the crutches, no problem, if you need me in a different room. But trying to carry something to you, if you want a drink or something, <laughs> unless you want it spilt everywhere, then um, I'm not going to be able to do that for you. Interesting, really interesting to hear about how it sort of affects your day-to-day. I won't dwell on the injury. There's so much we could talk about with you. Um, mm-hmm. Four years at Derby now, as I say, which means you've been a Derby player as long or, or longer than you've been at any other club. Do you feel a stronger association to one club or another from your career or or do you just sort of consider it all in, in, in the same sort of way? Um, I think I'd have to say, you know, I, I've taken to this club amazingly like the way the fans have been with me from day one um, the trials and tribulations that we've been through together I think it's brought us closer together both fans and players um, but it's also just you know just I just love the place and you know I've, it feels like home now um, but I'd have to say other than Derby I'd say Hull um, it was that I guess underdog mentality when we're in the Premier League the fact that you know, being in Hull, um, everyone kind of lived up there. 
<laughs> so it, it's not a place where you can kind of commute to from your Birmingham's or from London or anything like that. So everyone lived there. So you had a close knit group um, in terms of doing things socially together. Um, and again, like I said, that, that underdog mentality brings everyone closer together, all fighting for one another. And I think that's the, the most affiliation I've had with a club. And, you know, certain things on and off the pitch that happened when I was up there um, brought me closer to, to individual fans and, and to the fans as a collective. So um, it was a very special place for me. Um, but yeah, it, it'd have to be between Hull and Derby. Definitely, uh, I, I do. I did enjoy my time at the other clubs, but I think those two have to stand out as the, the two that I, I would say I have close affiliation with. Do you consider yourself still a football fan? I mean, who was your team growing up? So I grew up a United fan, as usual, from London. Um, <laughs> now, my, my dad's um, Sierra Leonean, so in Sierra Leone, it was you support Liverpool, Manchester United, and my dad supported Manchester United. So I was a Man United fan, but um, I'd say I'm more the Orient fan now. Um, like I grew up a, an Orient fan as well, because on my local side, I used to have a season ticket when I was a kid. It only cost me 10 quid. Um, so that that was good going down there and stuff like that. Um, but nowadays, I'd, I'd look out for Orient's results before United's results, if you know what I mean. I'm more of a of a purist in that sense that my hometown club means a lot to me and, and I'd like to see them do well. I used to watch Orient a little bit because one of my best mates at uni was a nose fan so there were a few years okay. many Orient games as, as I did Derby games which is which is a strange one <laughs> what's the last game obviously crowds is you know a thing at the moment because there aren't any mm-hmm. what's the last game you went to in a crowd at purely as a supporter last game I went to was um, Aston Villa versus Man City uh, they lost six was it I think it was six one at home um, so <laughs> it was a good spectacle in terms of a, a football match but being in the Villa end when they're, they're getting beaten that badly wasn't nice but it was uh, yeah it was interesting to go to watch a game of football and I really struggle to watch football even though I am a fan of football I struggle to watch it just as a fan I struggle to sit back and and watch a game for the pure enjoyment of football I'm always analysing so I'll be watching a League Two game or a Champions League game and I'll be telling Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi what they should have done and, and what they've done wrong and things like that. That's just the way my mind works. I find it find it so hard to switch off, which um, which a lot of people have told me is why they see me going into management or coaching along the line because my mind just can't switch off to it. I wanted to ask you actually about the punditry and the media side of things, which I think ties into what were you talking about there? But do you see coaching and, and, and management in your future? Because I think with all the media you do, people maybe think that's the route you want to go down. Um, I think it's it's having options. I, I really enjoy the media side of it. Um, <clears throat> I think immediately after football, it's I'm not saying it's easy by any means, but I just mean in terms of there's a lot of opportunity that if you retire today, there's a job tomorrow somewhere. Um, whereas coaching, it's not that easy. You know, you need to obviously make sure you've got all your badges and things like that. Um, you need to, in in my opinion, you need to be a better friend than a, than a coach. Usually you need someone that knows you, someone that likes you, um, because it's a very clicky game coaching. Um, but I think once you're in, I think the bug will get you. Um, so I think that that potentially could happen to me. Um, and I think also think, you know, at the moment I probably would lean more towards the media but I know once I'm out of football, um, the bug will start again and, I, and I'd like to get back in. So 
the main thing for me is to to make sure I do all my coaching badges, give myself the best opportunity that if, if that's what I want to do, I can do so. Um, but yeah, I think I think along the line, I, I will want to be a coach, or I, I'd probably say I more want to be a manager than a coach, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just have to see what happens over the next few years. You've been doing media, punditry, co-coms, that sort of thing for a couple of years now, and you're excellent at that, which isn't a surprise to anyone who's ever spoken to you, really. Um, so eloquently, you express yourself so well. Cheers, mate. <laughs> you can you can you can write you can write my testimonials or whatever well, you want. <laughs> More than happy to. Um, when did you first decide you wanted to do that, or did somebody from local radio say, "I've got an idea. Why don't you join in with this?" I mean, what what was the first your first route into it? I think from being young, and um, you know, when I moved to West Brom first, and then obviously to Villa and things like that. There's a lot of media attention in the Premier League and things like that. So. Obviously, you do a lot of interviews. So you're in Europe, you do interviews for this one. You do everyone's doing interviews all the time. Whereas you know, at Luton Town, it was kind of you do the one interview a week, kind of based on the game. Um, so I kind of got into it in terms of speaking to a lot of people. Then they say, "Oh, you're really good." Then they invite you on to like the Midlands Today show, say. So you go and do that, and then they're quite impressed with you. And then you know, you slowly get contacts, and then they they invite you to do things, and then you know the more people kind of saying, oh, you're good at this, you should give it a go. Obviously, I took them seriously. I took respected people seriously and I, and I tried to do what I could around my football. And then as I got older, I, I kind of, I was interested in doing the media course a long time ago, but it wasn't really as flexible as it was now. And then once I moved back down and, and moved to the to, mid, to the Midlands, um, I chose to, to go and do the course. And from doing the course, it obviously doesn't guarantee you a job. But I was able to learn a little bit more about the way things are done, be it behind the scenes, um, the legal side of, you know, when you're writing and stuff like that. Um, so that pushed me even more to think, uh, yeah, I do want to do this. So when I was injured last time with with my last Achilles injury, I um, I reached out to the people I knew at, at Sky and at BBC and and did quite a lot with them. And and it's obviously something that gave me the bug for it. And and now, luckily, I've I've got those contacts, and and now I'm injured again. I've been able to work with them again. So, it's um, obviously I'd rather be on the pitch and playing. But if I can't, it's something that is able to you know when you talk about the mental health of 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 people and players and stuff like that, it's something that's able to take my mind off of the fact that I'm not playing by being able to to talk about other games and and have a focus and and almost like my match day is doing a match or co-coms or punditry. That's kind of what I have to look forward to. Is there a is there a bit you enjoy more, like studio or or cocoms or panel on transfer rumours? That sort um, of. I I like general chit chat. So similar to what we're doing now, the I like opinion based. Um, I feel if you've got strong opinions, you can get them across better. Whereas you know, if you're watching a game and you're having to analyse individual clips on on players and things like that, then ultimately that's all you're doing you're just looking at the footage and there's nothing of you as such even though you might be able to give some good points there's nothing of you and whereas you know shows like um, I guess the debate which isn't on at the moment but that was one I used to like because ultimately there'll be three or four subjects and and you can almost be part of the planning of the show you can bring subjects to the to the producers and stuff like that and and try and make points so I enjoy that side maybe more but uh, I, I like doing the rest of it as well to be honest I, j- I just enjoy doing all of it and, and I'm trying to do more and more of different things to make sure that I, I, I try and get as much much experience as I can Some players 
don't, I mean, they don't like doing interviews. They, they don't like doing the media. And I, I totally understand why. And, and I'll always yeah. say, for a footballer, it's not your job to talk. Um, but obviously, you're incredibly comfortable and, and really enjoy it. Have you always, you always been that way? Yeah. My, my biggest thing is honesty. Um, I think if you're doing well, you're doing well. If, you, if you're doing poorly, you're doing poorly. You'll know. Um, I don't think you can hide behind it yourself. So I've always been, since a young kid, I used to get in the car with my dad after a Sunday league game and used to have a, a balanced talk after the game. So we could have won 6-0, I scored five. Yeah, but you could have scored six. So it's kind of that kind of idea. And then the other side of it is, is oh, we lost 2-1. Oh, I didn't score today. But yeah, no, you did really well. You assisted the goal. So it's kind of that balance that I've always had with my dad to keep me on an even keel. So I find that when I speak to the press, I'm able to have that balance that I know in my head, I know my worth from that game. So if you're telling me I played poorly and I think I did well, I'll be honest and I'll, I'll say, no, I don't think I did that bad. But at the same time, if you're trying to praise me and I think I've been poor, then I'll bring myself down. So I think as long as you're able to be honest with yourself, you shouldn't have any problems with facing the press. And, and also, you know, now being in the media, shall I say, I know the importance of the press and I know ultimately one day I might be the one badgering somebody for this interview or for these comments. So I think it's really important that, you know, players are able to do that because it's all well and good, you know, to to face the, the, the crowd and, and face the, the media when you've won a game. But I think you show your truest colours when you have a loss, which is, is a difficult loss sometimes and you go out and face the media and I think we know, can well document that uh, I, I'm the face of, of Derby County when, when we seem to have a difficult loss um, because of the way I handle it. Yeah, and, and that was something I wanted to talk about and I'll maybe come back to the, the punditry media thing. Um, how do you feel in those sort of situations? And do you have to be asked or do you step forward? And do you ever, do you ever get a bit sick of being the one that, that has to do it? I feel it's an importance in terms of me the way I handle the press but you know I'm, I'm a captain I'm a leader of this team whether I've got the armband or not so I, I take it as a as a compliment that even though you know when I say my comments there'll be people at home saying oh you said the same last week or when we lost or blah 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 it's an important thing that I take the heat off of the other players because if I'm in a comfortable situation where I can be totally honest and say we were poor we did this wrong we did that wrong and, and take it almost on my shoulders, then that's fine. I've got no problem because the next week I'll be able to bounce back. Whereas if there's another player that maybe, you know, they could go and do the press and then maybe get a bit tongue-tied and, and maybe say the wrong things and then they end up getting maybe a little bit of stick in, in social media or, or whatever. And then the next game, they might not be able to bounce back. Whereas I'm quite happy in myself and, and I've got big shoulders that I'll, I'll carry the, the burden um, so that's just the way I am. I, I don't mind taking the heat and then hopefully I can repay it by, by having better performances moving forward. Well, we will talk again about leadership in a bit because that's another big part of, of your game and, and your character as well. But just to go back to the media, what do players really think of broadcasters, newspapers, us? What, what do you guys really think of it or of, of the circus that surrounds the game? Yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting one, you know, there's players that won't want to do anything, but as soon as they've got something to promote, they'll, they'll want the media. So I, I think it's, it's the thing, the easiest way I'd describe it is it's not understanding or not realising the importance of the media. You know, 
able to reach out to your fans in terms of the club's fans or your personal fans through <clears throat> interviews where, you know, maybe people get more insight into your life. So like this interview me and you are having, I know it's more about my recent times, but people might not ever see that side for you. They might see the fact that you've scored loads of goals or you've kept loads of clean sheets or whatever, but they might not get to see the real you. So I think it is important that even though sometimes people will shy away from it, get to show a little bit of your personality and then moving forward, people might endear to you more because of the way you are. So I think in general, a lot of players don't want to do it because they see it as just, oh, do I have to do it again? Um, but for me, it was always a, a necessary importance and, and something that, again, by having the media on your side, it's definitely a, a, a better plus point because, you know, when, when, when you're totally refusing and refusing to do things, sometimes you rub them up the wrong way. Yeah, yeah totally agree. Have you, ever, have you ever called out anybody on, on anything? A, a journalist or a commentator? I have done, <laughs> yeah. Um, just because I thought a comment was quite disrespectful. There was a, a pundit when I was at Hull uh, who used to play for Hull. And basically at the start of the Premier League season, um, when we got re-promoted, I hadn't been captain the season before. Michael Dawson took the captaincy. But I was captain at the start of that season um, due to the fact that there was injuries. And, and obviously I had to take, again, taking things on your shoulders um, I, I took the captaincy and uh, there was just a comment saying, you know, he's, he's not a natural leader, but he stepped up today. And it just, it just made me laugh because if you do your homework, I've captained every single club I've been at other than Leicester. So to say that you're not a natural leader and it wasn't, it wasn't that he was criticizing me by any means that it was a complimentary piece, but for me, that, that, that was big for me because that's something that I pride myself in. You know, since 20 years old, I was, Premier League, I was a c captain in the Premier League at 20 years old. Um, I take a lot of pride in that and I take a lot of pride in the fact that I'm able to be a captain of this football club and of every football club that I've been at because it, it's a massive privilege and I don't like it to sort of go by the wayside with you're not a natural leader, but you've just got the armband. So... That was one thing that, that, well, that's the only key one really in my head that stands out as, as kind of, you know, a bit derogatory towards me. Have there been times when you've really wanted to say something and, and maybe just pulled back a little bit? Um, no, I think, because I'm honest, I'll say it. I'll, I'll be able to say it in a diplomatic way. Um, I won't necessarily ever call someone out and say, what do you know, what do you know what you're talking about, blah, 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 and, and turn it into an argument. Um, but it's just having the tools in your words to be able to, to say the right thing that you disagree with it, but why you disagree with it without turning it into a, a slanging match, because that's not professional. That's not something that I would ever want to do. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes if you don't agree with something, um, whether it's a story about me or not, whether it's a story about the team, whether it's a story about somebody else, um, it's important that you, you get your arguments across well, because again, you get no respect if it's just about, slanging matches and, and, and calling each other out. Let's talk about leadership because I think you touched on it a couple of times and if you do a search for you, um, pretty much every club you've played for, the picture is of you in the captain's armband and I know you're incredibly proud of that and, and rightly so. Where did that sort of side of your character come from? Were, were you a captain of your under-9s team, your under-16s team or... And then, you know, where does that all grow from? Um... It, you know, I had captained things like, you know, like my district, um, 
my, my Sunday league club, things like that. But it wasn't ever, he's the captain, he's the man to look to kind of thing. Um, yeah, until I got older. Um, you know, it was, it was something that, again, I think it comes with humility and honesty. I think when you're able to, to come in after playing a poor game and hold your hand up and things like that, I've always been like that. You know, so even at 15, 16, if, if I thought I'd let the lads down, I'd put my hand up and say, sorry, lads, I was poor or whatever. So I think people have seen that side of me. Um, and then as I've grown up, you know, I was fortunate enough that I played with some good good players at Luton, good experienced players, likes of Steve Howard, Kevin Nichols, um, Steve Robinson, that had been captains here and there um, where they've played. And the things I learned from them, the things I took from them, I took on into my own game. So even though I was only 19 at the time in that team, it pushed me to, to be better, to be more vocal, to be a leader in terms of, you know, organising, but helping people out. And then from there, I, I went to West Brom, um, again, with, with quite a few experienced players, good leaders in there. And I was fortunate enough to work for Captain Marvel, Brian Robson himself. So for him to see that in me, and to make me captain at Old Trafford, you know, when I was 20 years old, um, was, was what cemented it for me. You know, this is the guy that's captain Manchester United in England. And he saw me as a captain. So for me, it kind of, it made me drive on and, and want more of that. And it actually became a thing then. Um, so probably, yeah, from that, those West Brom days, that's what kind of injected the pride into the armband and, and into the leadership side and the behind the scenes side of it. Um, so that you could always looked be looked to as someone that can be relied upon and and will give you everything and and also help out behind the scenes what was that moment like how did he tell you it was incredible um <laughs> I, I i signed obviously for west brom a deadline day and i was just happy to be in the premier league and and to be playing and then you know going to old trafford as i said i grew up a manchester united fan it was boxing day so my family were coming up for the game and um literally turned the sheet over I was in the team, um, just didn't really think anything of it. Went to walk away and then uh, Nigel said, Brian, you told him. And uh, Nigel Pearson, this is, and I said, Brian, have you told him? He goes, no, what? I was thinking, like, what's happened? And he goes, oh, you're captain today, son. So go and do us proud. So I was like, whoa. And then even then, you know, this is the first time I'm playing against Manchester United. A lot of my heroes, a lot of people I've looked up to. And even in the, the lineup, I've, you see my face and I'm shaking like Van Nistelrooy's hand and, and all these players' skulls. And I kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit starstruck um, by the fact of it. And even, you know, it's funny me seeing myself as a 20-year-old and I'm in the centre circle shaking Gary Neville's hand at the coin toss. It's just, it's, it was unreal for something that I was playing in League One the year before to be thinking that I'd be doing that six months later um, was incredible. So it was a massive, massive moment for me. But not just in terms of the individual moment of being the captain, but what it meant moving forward. And, and like I say, the mindset I had from that day forward. There's a lot of things that, that come with the captaincy. And you mentioned the ones that we see, which is the walking out and leading the handshakes and the coin toss and all that sort of thing. But a lot behind the scenes as well. Just tell us about that. And, and also tell us how, I guess, how you learned that side of the job. Um, yeah, the other side of it, I'd say mainly is, you know, there's things like around the ground. So if something's not right and you need to go and see the management or need to go see the secretaries or something like that, then obviously those sides are important, but it's more of a mentorship. It's, you know, I'm older now. Yes. 
but it's even when I was younger, if you see someone's in a bit of a struggle, how can you pick them up? Or if someone's um, doing really well, but they're younger, how do you keep them on the ground? Um, giving little bits of advice from training. So, you know, the likes of, I think it's well documented with Harrison Solomon when he came into the team, you know, I kind of took him under my wing because obviously I see promise in him. And, you know, so little things that in training, I'm able to tell him something, but then he, he still got the respect that if he feels something, he'll come and ask for my advice. So kind of, that's kind of the relationship I like to get with people off the pitch that if there's a problem, you can come to me, but be it a football problem or, or a life problem. And um, I think that's the important side more than, sometimes more than on the pitch. Because on the pitch, you've been well drilled, you've had your game plan, you, you, you know what you're meant to do. Fair enough, I'm an organiser in terms of go here, go there, go there. But the job should be done beforehand. And that's why around the place, week in, week out, from Monday to Friday, I think they're the important bits that are probably more important to build a character towards the weekend's games. Tell me about the highs and lows. What, what's your favourite, proudest moment as a captain? What's your lowest moment? Um, both will come in exactly the same moment. No surprise in, in the FA Cup. So FA Cup final, obviously, for Hull. Um, scoring and, and going 2 and up after eight minutes, absolute ecstasy. It's the, the highest moment of my career. Dream come true to, to score in an FA Cup final. I was that kid on the playground again, um, wheeling off after scoring. But then to lose it after being 2-0 up, uh, losing the cup final would have been devastating anyway, but to lose it after being 2-0 up has to, be, um, has to be my career low. Obviously, listen, I've had relegations um, which have been tough to take and, and things like that, and injuries, of course. But I think if I had to pick a moment, um, that would be it. You talked earlier about how interviews are really useful so that fans can get to know players a little bit. What should a supporter know about you away from football that maybe they don't already? Um, I'm a big family man. I, I don't know whether that's, a, you know, a lot of people are family men, but, you know, I, I dedicate myself to my wife and my daughters. Um, I try to spend as much time with them. I try to do as much with them as possible. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a very simplistic guy. I, I just, you know... I'm a bit older now. I, I don't have all, all the all the flash things that all the young lads have got, all the nice cars and things like that. I'm just, I'm just, um, uh, uh, if I can say, it, I'm a, I'm a normal guy. I'm just, I'm just me. You know, I, I grew up on a council estate. I came from humble beginnings, um, and I, and I've done well for myself. So I, I have not, I've not really changed as a person. Um, and you know, again, I, I, I'm a family man that, that tries to do everything for my family and 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 obviously support my friends and my teammates as well. Um, but that's the way I am. I'm, I'm quite selfless. I try to put other people first. And, and I think that's another, another thing that helps me with, with my captaincy when we talk about the likes of interviews after, after bad games and things like that. You're only 35. The career's not over just yet. Is there anything else that you still want to achieve, would like to achieve? Um, <clears throat> I'd love to just achieve a, a, another, you know, league title, a promotion. Um, a, a, just win something. Um, I, I know. I know it's easy to say, but you know, obviously, as the years go on, I, I, you know, I, I might, may not be at Derby forever. I'm not. I'm not going to kid myself. I may fall down the leagues, but even if you fall down the leagues, to be able to potentially go and win uh, another League One title or win a promotion from League One or League Two or something, um, you always want to finish as high as you can in terms of as a player individually. But I mean, but as a team, you want to finish the season as high as you can. So. 
I'd like to, you know, get get a little bit of success before before I do hang them up. Um, but if not, other than that, it, it's about setting yourself life goals in in other areas. You know, could I be a coach, and then could I then win something as a coach or in the media? Could I then secure myself this contract with this or that broadcaster? It's just little things that you need to set yourself um, to keep yourself going. Because if I now had no ambitions um, other than to just kick a ball. I might as well hang them up. So I think that's the important thing to remember. You know, it's, it's, I've had a long career. I'm coming to the tail end of it, of course, but I still have ambitions to, to finish as high as I can every single season and to do the best job I can for the team every single season. It's interesting that you talk about League One, League Two, because we hear sometimes about players not wanting to finish their career at a lower level and you've played almost exclusively Premier League Championship since you came through at Luton. You're not, I guess, too proud to, to do that. If, if you want to keep playing, you'll keep playing. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is <clears throat> it, the what people I speak to say you're a long time retired. So it's all well and good, you know, you've played in Premier League, you've played in the Championship, um, but you'll never get the chance to play again. So I'm one of those that if the opportunity was there and, and listen, there's still things that, you know, financially needs to make sense for your family. If you're going to go all the way to just using this as an example if you're going to go to Carlisle and you're going to have to move away from your family and things like that it's, yeah it's going to need to be financially viable but um, in terms of wanting to play the game I've got a strong desire because like I say it's just about the top top elite players I totally understand why they don't do it but I don't count myself as an elite so I'm a player that has, has earned my way to where I was I started from League One so there's nothing to stop me going back down there or, or lower because, again, playing as long as possible, making a legacy of, of playing so many games in your career and, and being able for my daughter as she gets older to see more games of me playing in my career. Um, it's a massive thing for me and it's something that I want to do. But touch wood, first and foremost, I, I come back fully fit for my injury and then, and then we go from there because obviously you always have to be in the hands of other people and, and, and see where the, the job takes you. And I probably know the answer to this question, but do you have any, looking back at your career so far, do you have any regrets or, or maybe not regrets, maybe a move that maybe might have happened but didn't or, or something that you wish had gone differently? Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple of resentments, I call them, um, because it's, they're not regrets. But um, when I was at West Brom and I had my first season in the Premier League, I remember that um, Arsenal were interested in me. And at the time, they were obviously still vying for for Premier League titles um, and things like that. Arsene Wenger was the manager, you know, playing Champions League. And um, unfortunately, that, that deal was never ever able to get over the line. So that was uh, one. The other side of it is um, I didn't get to play for England. You know, I, I'd been in lots of Capello's um, 30-man squads and then I was actually on the bench um, in a win against Germany. Um, but then... I unfortunately got injured after that and then went, fell out of the rotation at Villa. Um, but years later, obviously, when I came back to Premier League with Hull, I was, I was playing out my skin. I, was, I, was, I felt I was, I was at a really good level. I know I was playing for Hull City, um, but I thought I was a really good level in the Premier League individually. And um, I just felt like at that time I was, I was worthy of having a look at. Um, but unfortunately for me, um, it wasn't the case. So I think those are the two resentments that kind of if I, if I had to look at it and after my career, they're the two things that kind of wind me up and, and sort of niggle in the back of my head of, I was nearly this person, I was nearly an England international or I was nearly an FA Cup winner or you know, things like that. But, but they're the two resentments that really stick with me. 
And let's finish with the family, because as you say, you're a family man first and foremost. Um, what do they make of, what does your daughter make of, of Daddy, the professional footballer? Does she sort of understand and, and appreciate all that comes with that? Um, she's starting to understand a bit more now because when I decide to turn her TV off and actually put a game on because we've got a game, she she um, she understands a bit more. She goes, "Oh, is it is it Derby? Is it Remy? Where's Remy?" So um, she understands a bit more in terms of you know, Daddy plays football. Um, you know, when the games are on, she likes to watch them when I'm on, um, things like that. So she understands that side, but in terms of it being my job and things like that, she doesn't quite understand yet. Uh, my oldest daughter is kind of at that age now where she, I'll be on TV and she kind of says to her friend, oh, my dad was on TV the other day and things like that. So she's kind of at the age where she's a bit more show-offy with it. Um, but yeah, ultimately I'm, I'm just dad. So as long as I'm putting food on the table, uh, I'm keeping them fed and watered. Um, they're quite happy. And listen, the main thing is whatever I am as a, you know, being a footballer, I, I, my best job's a dad. So uh, I try to make sure that my girls um, get the best of me as a father. And from my job, I'm able to give them the best of, of everything else. Curtis, as always, mate, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Rams TV podcast. Thank you very much for having me.